I just want you to give us a quote, a quote from any artist that you've interviewed that has kind of impacted the way you look at things and the way that you carry yourself now. I interviewed Seti Hendrix, uh, an artist from Florida, and I asked him if he wasn't making music, what would he be doing? And he kept it honest with me. He was like, to be honest, I'd probably be dead or in jail. And like, that stuck with me because it's like, it really makes you think about the people who really put their all into this music stuff, right? Like there's people that they want to put out music just to like make money or they want to put out music to, you know, gain clout or whatever the case may be. But there's artists out here that this is their way out. You know what I'm saying? Like he told me that like once he found, once he made his first song, and he saw the reception that he got from everybody, he was like, oh yeah, this is my way out. Like, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a special guest. Um, Man, he's got a lot going on. Done a lot of interviews with a bunch of dope artists. So go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. What's up everybody? My name is Lee McIntosh. Uh, I'm a journalist at Lyrical Lemonade. Uh, do social media work for Lyrical Lemonade too. Um, I work at Genius, and I'm also a writer at Our Generation Music. These are those jobs that people are like, "How the fuck do you get into that? Like, how how do you even transition into that?" So go ahead and like kind of explain, you know, how you got involved with those types of jobs, real quick. Writing kind of like stumbled upon me. Like, I never really wanted to be a writer coming up. Um, I was making music. I was used to make beats for like ten years, and then. Eventually, I fell out of love with that, and then I kind of hit this point in my life where I was just, like, trying to figure out, like, what's next for me. Like, I knew I didn't want to work a nine-to-five. Like, I knew this wasn't the life that I wanted to live, and so um, I went back to school. I got my bachelor's degree, and then in the meantime, I had my own blog. Like, I was writing, you know, covering music, uh, doing playlisting, album reviews, stuff like that. So I did that independently um, for, like, a year, and then... I had always been, like, passionate about uh, working for Lyrical Lemonade. You know, I followed Cole Bennett and all the guys over there, and um, they came to Chicago, or not came to Chicago, but ComplexCon was in Chicago for the first time, and uh, they had a booth there, and I, I made it my initiative. I'm like, I'm not leaving ComplexCon until I talk to Cole Bennett. Like, there's, there's no way I'm not leaving it. So um, I was there all day. Uh, first time I went through the booth, he wasn't there, but I still went through, bought some merch and uh, bought some lemonade and stuff like that. And then later on that day, I saw him in the front, like talking to fans and stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is like, this is like my one chance. Like I got to do this right now. And so um, I wait for him to finish talking to the fans and stuff. I tell him I've been wanting to, re- I've been reaching out to you about writing for the site. And he was like, yo, hit up my boy Elliot. You know, he runs the site. Shout out to Elliot too. Um, so I I got back in line because Elliot was at the front, like at the like cashier. So I hopped back in line for like another 45 minutes. And then once I got to the front of the line, I was like, yo, my name's Lee. Uh, I spoke to Cole a little bit ago about writing for the site. And then um, he told me to send him some samples. And then since I had already been writing, I already had, like, as soon as he said that, I already knew exactly what articles I was going to send him because I had been writing, like, on my own already. So then I sent him those articles, and then here we are. So what were those two articles real quick? Uh, At the time, it was uh, 2019. This was when... um, Tyler dropped Igor, mm-hmm. so I sent him an Igor album review. Um, I think I sent him, I wrote up like this, like, uh, I wrote up like this, not an article, but it was like when Nipsey passed away, like I did a playlist, and then I wrote like a, a foreword 
for um, the playlist, so I sent him that. And then I think I sent him like a best of 2018 list that I wrote or something like that. I forgot what the third one was, but I definitely sent him that, that Tyler one. It's one of those situations where you made shit happen for yourself, right? And a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people just sit there and wait for shit to happen. They reach out through social media. They reach out through email, and it's just sometimes it's not going to happen. And people don't understand that. It's like you got to be face-to-face to get that answer that you want. You know what I'm saying? Being around him, like, that's one thing that I've noticed that Cole, he's very uh, – he loves, like, human interaction. Like, reaching out to him, like, through an email, through a text, like, it it works. But when you're face-to-face and he can feel, like, the energy and, like, he can vibe you out. And, like, that's – that I think that really helped me out when it came to, to getting into to Lyrical in the beginning. It's funny because I was going to ask you your pitch. I was going to be like, what's, what was your pitch? But – I mean, you gave it to us already. Yeah, for sure. Before we get fully into it, guys, make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. You don't want to miss this one. So you got 251 posts on Lyrical Lemonade's website, man. Hey, you've been doing your yeah, research. That's I, a whole I lot didn't know it was 251 yet. Yeah, that's a whole lot. Yeah. You've done interviews with Trippy Red, Giveon, and on top of that, you've also done the DCG Brothers, right? Throughout all these interviews, you know, you've collected a lot. What's one of those conversations that has stuck with you? Not necessarily the conversation, but I think the interview that stood out the most was probably Trippy, because mm-hmm. that was that was my very first like over the phone interview that I've done, um, and I think going in, I mean you don't know what it's like going into it like this. Like I said, this is my first interview. Like I've never done this before. I've never spoken to you know a famous person you know in depth like that before, and going into it you know, like he was just he was super polite. Like he referred to be my my first name like it wasn't just like he was trying to get it over with like he definitely gave me like a a well and thought out conversation so I think the trippy one is the one that that stood out the most to me what did you learn mostly from that I learned a lot I think that um I think I was kind of I mean I was nervous you know this is my first interview so like I was like kind of stumbling over questions like I I cut him off a couple times like trying to like cut to the next question before he was even done answering the past one and you know I apologize and stuff like that but I think with that being my first one, like it, it taught me to like slow down a little bit and actually focus on like listening to what they're saying instead of just like spitting one question out and then scrolling down to where like think about what the next question is. Like I really sit there and I like let them speak and like because if you let them speak, like you can listen to what they're saying and like sometimes that question stems into another question and so those are that's something that I learned from that interview. I actually learned more about that through Zane Lowe's interview with Giveon. I was listening to it when the album came out and they were talking about, you know, the spacing, spacing of a show or spacing of anything. And Giveon talks about how he watched a lot of stand up comedy to learn the spacing aspect of it, especially with interviews. Right. Because you got to be able to guide that conversation when you're the journalist. You got to be the one that leads it. You got to be the one that does your research and you got to you have a lot of roles to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. As a journalist. You got to be very analytical. You got to do your research prior to this, right? Mm-hmm. With Giveon's album, you talked with him about Take Time, right? Mm-hmm. Not his album, but his EP, Take Time, and how you guys went over the real meaning of it, right? Re- it was kind of the phases of a relationship. Mm-hmm. The beginning, the middle, and the end, which is the heartbreak, right? And you even mentioned how you kind of gathered that, right? And that it was very short and fast, just like you know some relationships are. They're very fast, but they teach you things. Exactly. Even with Trippy Red's interview, you talked about how, you know, 3-6 Mafia, not a lot of people want to do work with them still. 
you talk to him about man a bunch of different shit and you got very in depth with it right so what inspired this these are little details that people don't always think about they don't notice and they don't really care about Mm -hmm. why do you feel like this is important to mention i feel like for a while a lot of rappers start to like they start to dread interviews like you can you can see it too like whenever they sit down for an interview especially if it's real early in the morning like they already don't want to be there like they tired they could think of a million other things that they want to do so they really just trying to like get it over with and like i feel like the questions that you ask them could really make them think and it could really make them express who they really are instead of just you know trying to get like a moment or trying to get like a clickbait moment or stuff like that so um it inspires me to like really ask like deeper questions and it really challenged their mind a little bit and make them think about you know i mean because this is their art you know what i'm saying like this is how they express themselves like they take all this time putting it into an album into a song so it's like why have them do all that if you're just going to ask them you know who they're dating or some upcoming case that they got dealing like going on so man i kind of got two questions for this right and we're this is just the surface right this is just your thinking you know journalist to journalist kind of right because those processes can be very different and a lot of people like i said overlook those little details that like to us they're big details Mm -hmm. to the regular person they're like why the fuck do i even care um so really it's kind of like what created this thinking for you you know what made you look deeper into that because like you said a lot of these artists are tired of just doing their job and explaining shit to people that shouldn't necessarily need explaining did you put yourself in their position it's a mixture of both like I, i definitely do like try to put myself in their position because at the end of the day they're all humans like when you really get to talk to these people like at the end of the day they have feelings they have emotions they have you know trauma like they're you know they're humans at the end of the day so um i think that me going deeper into like you know their thoughts and stuff like that like it just makes me more it makes me appreciate the art more you know because if you could listen to the album you know you may miss certain things but like when you actually have a conversation with them you know, and they explain some of those things to you, then it's like, okay, I see why you put that in the song. Or, like, I see why this song is here instead of being over there. Like, I realize, you know, the artistry that you, you put into this. Those moments are so crazy, right? Like, being able to actually talk to artists. I know, right? Like, it, it trips me out. Like, some, I can't even, like, sometimes I don't give myself, like, enough credit for, like, speaking to these artists and stuff like that. But, like, it trips me out sometimes. Like, I, these are artists that I look up to. Like, I literally listen to their music all day long you don't even think about it exactly man i really did that shit and those are moments that you'll take for granted and you're never really going to be able to appreciate them but like to you it's like damn i did that because that was my job right and then you see other people who don't do this and they're like damn he did that shit like when i saw you interviewed Gibeon, it was right after i did my my video inspired by Gibeon from his last album take uh give or take and I thought that album was dope as fuck. I love that album. Keith said that take time with stages, bro. Give or take with stages of like going through that heartbreak and healing and all of that shit. He's like a completely different person on Give or Take too. Like from Take Time all the way up into the new album, like he's a completely different. Like he has a different mind state. Like you know, you can really see like the evolution of you know his his artistry and like the way he thinks, the way he talks, like stuff like that. That's crazy because you had that conversation with him, so. I definitely think that you have that different perspective, right? You're able to have that different perception of him as well. 
how does your approach to interviewing these artists change when it comes to every single different artist, right? So, like I said, I took a look at a couple different interviews, and the DCG brothers, it seemed like the interview was more just question and answer, question and answer, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas a couple other interviews that you had, like I said, Gibeon and Trippy Red, they were very in-depth. Mm -hmm. They tackled a lot more information, and they also, you gave your opinion on stuff rather than just question, answer, question, answer. Do you feel like at certain times you have to change the way you approach it? I think so. I think depending on the artist, like, um, you really do have to, like, structure your interviews differently because you really don't know what type of energy you're going to get. So it's like you have to structure it in a way that will be easy to follow. So, like, for example, like the DCG one, I structured it as like a like a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? Mm -hmm. So the beginning of the interview is just me asking about, you know, their upcoming, their childhood. That should be the easiest thing that they could talk about, right? Because, you know, they live that. And then the middle, which is basically the present, I talked about, you know, their album Jungle Life and, like, um, performing, you know, at festivals and stuff like that. So that's that should be, that eases them into it so they can, you know, express more. And then the end would be, like, the future of the DCG brothers. So like, what are they going to get into or what are they, you know, outside of music, what do they want to get into? So, um, and then I think for, for other artists, like say like Trippy or Giveon, they're a lot more expressive in their music. You know, they're, it, it's a lot of layers to it. You know, they, they talk about a lot of different things. So it's like me hearing that on a song, it makes me want to dive deeper into their thoughts rather than just question and answer. You know what I'm saying? You know, and not to take anything away from, you know, DCG Brothers or anything or anybody else, but, like, you know, when I hear DCG's music, it's more like, you know, turn up and, like, have a good time. But it's, like, certain trippy songs, like, you, it makes you think, it makes you feel. Same thing with Giveon. Like, it's, it's all about, you know, the feeling and the emotion of it. So, depending on the artist and, like, um, the subject matter of their songs, like, it, it makes me structure the interviews differently. In a certain way, does that make you feel some type of way? No, I ask that because... I like I said I send people a question every single time prior to the interview right mm -hmm. personally I feel like that should be the easiest part to complete mm -hmm. and if you at this point because we're so far along it's like if you don't want to answer the question don't come right it's more so about kind of a respect thing right mm -hmm. because it's not like I got this far by not doing that process so in a sense I kind of you know, I ask you this because I kind of feel disrespected when people don't want to take the time to at least answer it mm -hmm. or they give me the runaround or they just kind of yeah. totally ignore it. You know what I'm saying? So for you, does that kind of like do you ever feel that way in a sense? I think sometimes, yeah, like I feel like I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not here to, you know, I'm interviewing you for a reason. Right. Like I'm interviewing because I care about you. I care about your music. I care about your career. Like, I wouldn't be interviewing if that was the case. So it's like, you know, I'm asking you questions that should be able to make you think. And, you know, I'm not really, you know, asking you stuff about, like, you know, like your ex-girlfriends or anything. Mm -hmm. or I'm not talking about, like, you know, like I say, like court cases or anything. Like, I'm asking you, like, about your life, you know, about your music, about the passion that you have for music. So it's like, you should be wanting to, to answer questions like that. You know, like I said, I'm not asking you anything crazy you know i'm just asking about you know your life i'm asking about um the background of your albums but why not take the easy route why not take the easy route of getting the clickbait of asking them those questions i mean because it's a lot of people doing that already i mean there's people that 
they do interviews just to get those clickbait moments. And like, if you don't give, the, if they they push your buttons to the point where like, they really want you to give them that clickbait moment. And it's like, that's just never been like my interview style. Like, I'm not asking you questions just to make you mad or make you upset or like make you lash out on me so I can say, oh, Trippy Red stops conversation midway. Like, I'm not, I'm not into none of that. You don't want to do an island boy moment, bro? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't doing no island boy moment, but no. We covered the basic shit already. Let's let's take the deep dive, right? On zero to one hundred, Drake says, "Know yourself, know your worth." My actions been louder than my words, and for you, I mean, that's true, right? Your actions are a lot louder than your words, even though your words are kind of your job, right? Literally, <laughs> literally my job. Words literally, my job. no pun intended, right? Yeah. That work that you complete, a lot of the times, it's kind of like you don't see what you're doing, and you don't feel that worth. You don't feel like. You're worth what people say you are. And that's kind of one of the hardest feelings to deal with, right? Because that self-doubt and that negativity starts to take a hit onto your self-esteem. It starts impacting you mentally, right? Because it's like, man, like, why the fuck am I even doing this anymore? If I really don't feel it, like, recently, I'll give you an example, right? We've had this video that we were supposed to put out, like, a month ago. And I've just been, like... I haven't wanted to edit it or I feel like my writing and my thought process just hasn't all been there. Like I said, this outline was completely written backwards. And for me, that's frustrating, right? Because it's like, fuck, why can I not do this the way that I usually do it? Right. And that all stems from just kind of not seeing your worth. So for you, how has that self-doubt impacted you mentally? Self-doubt, I, I handle it like a ton of different ways, but like, I think it all really stems from me just not giving myself enough credit for the things that I do. Like, of course I recognize and I, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for everything that's happened in my career, but I've just never been the person to, to pat myself on the back, you know? And like, you know, when I post my interviews, like it feels good to see like, you know, people comment and people sharing it and putting it on their stories and sending it to their friends and stuff like that. So um, I think that's like the reassurance for me. And then like, of course, like the people like in my close circle that you know, I look to for their opinions and like their love, but um, yeah, th th I think that's the way I handle it. Just making sure that I pay attention to the people around me that really, really care for me and recognize the people that's just there because they see that I interviewed an artist that they like. But aside from like how you handle it, right? How do you feel like it's impacted you? How do you feel like it's really kind of taken a toll on you in a sense, right? Because a lot of the times, Everybody wants to say that, like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not impacted by it. Mm -hmm. I don't have doubts about myself. Why would I? I'm, I'm who I am. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, those flaws and those doubts really are who you are. Mm -hmm. And even though you might not like it, it still shapes your mindset on certain things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you feel like it's impacted you previously? Has it taken a toll on your writing? Has it taken a toll on the way that you go about living your daily life. It definitely did take a negative toll on me. I think that, um, so 2020 was like probably one of the better years like for my interviews and stuff like that because it was a year where, you know, of course like the pandemic and stuff like that, like not to be insensitive to the people who, you know, got sick with COVID or passed away. But um, as far as artists, everybody was at home, you know? So that was like the year that I just went crazy. Like it was back to back, like, I started off with Trippy. I interviewed a whole bunch of other people. I interviewed TM88, ASAP Ferg, like a bunch of people. And then 
the following year, I started off with Lil Yachty. So it's like I started off on a high note, but then it got to a point where, you know, the artists are getting back to work. So then um, I wasn't really getting as many interviews as I like. And like I said, I try to do like at least one a month and like, but at the same time, I'm not going to force it. You know what I'm saying? So um, seeing that, like it kind of like took a toll on me because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I felt like I wasn't keeping up with expectations. And like at the end of the day, it's like nobody has expectations. Like the only expectations you have to live up to are from yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really, you know, there's not people, there's people that are cheering for you and rooting you on. Like they want to see you do more. They want to see you get bigger interviews and get more interviews. But at the end of the day, you set those boundaries or you set those standards. You set those expectations. That's something I've talked about so much, right? Is the fact that we have, we all have these expectations of ourselves to do this, do that. And they're, they're kind of fake in a sense, right? Because at the end of the day, nobody really expects this shit from you. If, and it's sad to say, right? Because if you were to disappear one day, people will miss you as a person, but they're not going to miss what you did. It's not going to be like, damn, what happened? Why aren't they doing that shit anymore? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be one or two people that are like, damn, like his shit was dope. Mm -hmm. But they're just going to kind of find someone else that's going to be able to do it, right? That's the sad part about it. Like, especially with music, too. Like, your favorite artists, like, they could pass away and, like, You'll mourn it for a little bit. You'll be sad. Like you'll be like, damn. Like they're really gone. But at the end of the day, there's people dropping music every single day. So it's like you just bounce on to the next person. You're I think just, it's you're just another one. You're right. just another. What is it? Spoke in the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when I, you know, I used to work retail. My manager would be like, everybody's replaceable. I'm, I'd be like, I'm not. Yeah, but right. fuck right. you mean? <laughs> I'll walk out right now and watch right. what'll happen. You know? Like, okay. Man, that shit used to piss me off so much because I'm like, it's it's disrespectful in a sense, right? You never you never fucking tell a worker like you're replaceable. But that's beside the point, right? When you said that, I think about like X, right? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you heard someone talk about X? Everybody was like, oh my gosh, man, I can't believe he's gone. Like his music really helped save me, but. When it, when's the last time you actually heard someone say like, "Hey, yo, put that song on," Juice World? I feel like Juice kind of his kind of did outlive him, right? Like he, I still feel like people listen to Juice and mention Juice a lot more than X, right? And it's just kind of like, damn, where did the time go? All those memories that you say that you loved this person, and now all of a sudden it's like, it's like gone. Let's take a step back to when everything slows down those moments where it's like damn i was up here now i'm down here and you can't do anything about that those slow moments those slow periods where it's kind of just left you by yourself and it's kind of you're kind of trying to climb right you're like damn let me get back here let me get back here and there's nothing you can do about it except keep creating the content and hope that people are still looking out for it, right? Recently, I've kind of felt that way because my numbers aren't doing the best. These reels that I was getting 7,000 views on, today I posted one and it's it was at like 700. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Because it's good-ass content. It's not like I'm putting out bullshit. If I was putting out bullshit and I'm like, hey, this shit sucks, I'm just going to put it out, then I'd understand. 
But man, the shit I just put out, that shit was some real sad boy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a time when this had happened to you. You know, you mentioned that 2021 period where you really started off the year strong with Yachty. Mm-hmm. And then everything just kind of slowed down, you know. In a sense, you know, how did you handle that? I think I handled it by looking for other things that um, that make me happy with my work instead of just thinking that my entire worth is just interviews, right? So, like I said, 2020 was a really good year for me. The beginning of 2021 was Yachty, and then after that, it slowed down. But in the midst of that, um, I did my first in-person interview for uh, the Lemonade Stand for Lyrical. You're the one that does that? Uh, I don't do it, but it, it's Elliot. He does uh, the interviews, but I've done two of them so far. I've done uh, Amir Jazeera, and I've done uh, Demetrius. Is Amir the one you manage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just look to other things that, like I said, I look to other things that, that make me happy in my career. Like, getting outside of the interviews for a little bit helped me um, work on other things at Lyrical. For example, like, I worked on the Lil Tecca video shoot. I worked on the Glade video shoot. Um I was speaking to Cole about, you know, social media content and stuff like that. And that led to me working on the media team for Summer Smash. So even though the interviews was down, I was able to climb back up by doing other things within the company. So not just putting my entire stock on just interviews and thinking that my worth comes from just interviews. Like I I look to other things to, to keep me busy and to keep me pushing for something. How much of that carries over into your personal life? So when your work life is down, do you feel like it impacts you personally? Definitely, yeah. I think once you're like, you know, and it's crazy that we put so much like emphasis on work. Like, not to say like you shouldn't, but like, I feel like having that work life and that personal life balance should be, it should be easy to do, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you go to work and let's say you, you work a nine to five or whatever, your boss like made you mad or something, you're going to come home. And then you're going to take that energy out on your girlfriend or your parents or whoever. Um, so it, it definitely does bleed into my personal life. Not as much anymore, but it definitely did Like back then. like I feel like my mindset was a little bit different, too. Like I let things affect me more than I probably should have. But um, I learned to move around that, and I learned to kind of keep like my work life separate from my, my personal life. Like When I'm out with like friends and stuff like that, I don't even like to talk about work. Like, if you ask me, like, uh, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you ask me, like, oh, like, that interview was dope. Like, I'll, like, thank you, like, for sure. But, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, like, Trippy was crazy. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those type of people. I think for me, it's especially tough, or in general, right? It's especially tough because when it's something you love and care about, it does hurt when that shit's not recognized or that shit isn't not necessarily recognized, but it's not doing what you wanted to do or you expected to do. And I've definitely talked about this a lot previously, right? Because like I said, there's those times where everything's down and then all of a sudden it shoots up. That's this industry, yo. It really be it really be like that. Every you gotta take it like a month to month. Basically like a week to week to be honest. But like it could be a really, really good month. You could do like ten interviews a month. You the next month you could do five. Like it really all depends on, like you said, there's certain things you can't control. Like, and you know, at the end of the day, like I have these standards of, you know, quality that I want to put out. Cause like, it's not to say that I can't interview somebody. Like if I really wanted to, I can go grab, you know, 10 underground artists or something like that and keep it back to back to back. But like, um, you know, the, the, the standards that you set for yourself and you know that you, 
putting out quality content and not just pushing out a bunch of interviews to say, oh, I did 10 interviews this month. You know what I'm saying? But what would you consider quality then? Really focusing on like having a really good conversation during the interview rather than just trying to, like I said, trying to look for those clickbait moments. Like you're really picking apart their brain and you're really getting into, you know, who they are as a person and who they are as an artist and, you know, not necessarily just looking for those moments where people are going to, you know, you don't want to put out content that, you know, like you said, like the Island Boys moment, like you don't want to like, you don't want to put out something like that just because you know that people are going to click on it. You want to put out content that, you know, people will love and like people will come back to. And it's respectable because then those artists even come back to it, right? Those, those artists still want to talk to you and come back and have more conversations with you. Every time I have a conversation with, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but every time I have a conversation with somebody, it's like, you know, I respect you because you don't put us in positions to fuck up or that are going to make us look bad purposefully, right? Man, so real quick, I just want want you to give us a quote, a quote from any artist that you've interviewed that has kind of impacted the way you look at things and the way that you carry yourself now. I interviewed Seti Hendrix, uh, an artist from Florida, and... I asked him if he wasn't making music, what would he be doing? And he kept it honest with me. He was like, to be honest, I'd probably be dead or in jail. And like, that stuck with me because it's like, it really makes you think about the people who really put their all into this music stuff, right? Like there's people that they want to put out music just to like make money or they want to put out music to, you know, gain clout or whatever the case may be. But there's artists out here that this is their way out. You know what I'm saying? Like. He told me that like once he found once he made his first song and he saw the reception that he got from everybody, he was like, Oh yeah, this is my way out. Like, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. He said, I'm out the hood. Right. <laughs> he he made it out the trenches with it. But it's moments like those when I realize like people take this seriously. Like it's not just people, you know, doing this for clout. Like it's not people just doing it for a check. It's people that they're putting their life on the line for this. Like this is their this is their passion. This is their only hope. Would you say this is your passion? Definitely, yeah. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't my passion. I'm not gonna do anything that that's not my passion. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely tell. I noticed the moment where I would notice it before it gets too bad. Like for example, if um, okay, so like I started out writing, right, and I made the switch into doing interviews. If I would have kept writing over and over and over, eventually I would probably get tired of it. You know, you do things so many times, like it just becomes like a second nature to you. You know, you stop having fun with it. You stop being motivated by it. But having those moments where you, you make that switch and you're like, okay, what's next? Like, where do I take it from here? You know, so those are things that I look out for. And I think that um, doing everything with passion is what makes you, you know, a better person. It makes, your, it makes your career stand out. It makes you just stronger overall. For you, how do you stand out, right? Because like we said, there's a bunch of other journalists doing this shit. You should, yeah, everybody has to find a way to stand out and make themselves, you know, unique in a sense, especially as a journalist, because you're kind of in that backseat, right? You're in that backseat that nobody really pays attention to. There's only like a handful of like artists that you could, or not artists, but journalists that you could look at and be like, he's really, really good at what he does. Like people know them, like they're not celebrities, but people look at them and they know the work that they do. There's a handful of them though. So for you, how do you do it? I think it just comes from my my interview style, like, like I said, picking apart their brain and just focusing on giving a quality interview. Like, there's been interviews that I've done that haven't come out because I interviewed them and then I listen back to it and I'm like, 
this isn't really that good of a conversation. And like most of the time they're receptive of it. Like they're like, yeah, like I understand it. Like sometimes we redo it, you know, redo a whole nother interview. Um, there's been one interview that I've done that um, at the end of it, he was like, to be honest, bro, like I wasn't even like that confident in the answers that I gave you. Let's reschedule, let's do it another day. So I was like, okay, cool. We ended up redoing it another day. And it was a better conversation the second time around. Like even I listened back to the first one and I was like, yeah, that it really wasn't that good of an interview. But um, just having that integrity of putting out the best content and asking questions that other people don't ask. Like you said, with Giveon, like going deeper into the meaning of, you know, take time. And then with Trippy going deeper into, you know, his thoughts and his creative process and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't really focus on putting out the most content. I focus on putting out quality content. And understanding that that's one of the most important things, right? Because a lot of people will be like, man, I did this interview. I got this big ass artist. I'm gonna put this shit out no matter what. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't quality, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you let people know that like, yeah, I did this, but who the fuck cares because it was a terrible interview. Granted, the ones that didn't come out weren't, like, super, superstars, but, like, um, even if they were, though, I don't think I would be thirsty to put it out just because it's a big name. So and if I, it was Drake, you wouldn't have put it out? No, I'm putting that one out. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm putting that one out. I mean, be like, honestly, never mind. I, literally. <laughs> honestly, never mind. I'm putting it out. Sorry, Aubrey. Yeah, just focusing on that quality and, like, you know, in the journalism world, you kind of realize that, like, anybody can become a writer. You know, if you really think about it, like, think about, like, back in school, right? Like, I don't really know too many people that said they love writing, but if the teacher put a prompt in front of you that you really, really love, like, talk about basketball, talk about video games, like, you will go crazy. Like, you end up typing 2,000 words. You're only supposed to write 500, you know? So anybody can become a writer. So it depends on the angles that you take in the interviews and the angles that you take when you critique these artists and you critique these albums. So putting that in my mind is like, that's what motivates me to be a better journalist is just not staying on the surface level of just, hey, I'm a writer, but going deeper into like the, the analytical parts of it and like research and like just asking questions that most other people don't ask. I love that you understand that shit too, because remember when I asked you the question, you gave me the answer and I was like, we kind of did that one already. I'm like, but there's always an angle to everything. There's always a new angle to take. And I think that's what sets great writers, great journalists apart, right? Great interviewers. Because somebody can say, I did that already. I don't want to do it again. You'll probably make about 10. Probably. It's always trying to figure out, okay, well, I did do it but how did this person's experience with it change? How did this person's experience differ from the last person's experience? And there's always something because not everybody grew up in the same environment. Not everybody was raised the same way and not everybody had the same resources. So understanding everybody's life and every po everybody's position will really help you in that sense. You know what I'm saying? What specific moment made you realize your talent and how did your mindset shift after this? A lot of my interviews are me reaching out to them. I think the moment that they started to reach out to me to interview their artists, I think that was a moment where I was like, okay, like I'm actually doing something good. Like these people aren't just reaching out to me for for no reason, you know what I'm saying? Cuz you know, like I said, there's 
everyone there's a ton of writers all over the place like they could have emailed anybody you know but they chose to email me and say hey can you interview my artist so i think that was the moment where things started to shift for me and i started to realize like okay this is actually like a real talent that i have like not that i didn't know it before but it took it to the next level after that one what was the moment that you knew you wanted to be a writer because for me i have a specific memory of when i decided i was gonna do this right it was when I was I was sitting in a library in the library at my school with my friend. And at the time I was going through some shit. I was going through some shit with a girl and Prince Royce had just released an album and on it there's a song co- called Es Muy Tarde. And in the song he's talking about how it's too late for you to come back into my life. And at the time like similar situation was happening for me, right? And he says that I don't even want to see a painting of you I don't want to see anything of you and I don't want any of these memories and I explained that to my friend who was in the library with me at the time and at that point I was like I love doing this shit I love being able to take music and it kind of express myself but also get that other person's opinion I was always really expressive about like the albums that I love like I would always listen to an album top to back and then I'll go you know, tweet about it or I'll write like a whole review, like basically a review before I even knew that I was doing journalism. I would type an entire status on Facebook and have conversations with my friends about it. And um, it was that moment when I was like, I finally realized that, okay, like I'm actually doing journalism. Like I didn't even know that, you know, what I was doing was basically journalism. You know, It was just me having fun listening to music and expressing how I feel about it. So in 2017, that's when I made the decision of, um, I, I asked a bunch of people, like, if I started a blog, would you read it? You know, and a bunch of people were like, yeah, you should go ahead and do it. Like, we'll definitely read it. Like, we'll definitely be, you know, in tune with everything that you're doing. So um, it was just like an idea. Like, I didn't go forward with it in the beginning. But the following year, 2018, that's when I started my own blog. And then that's when I started to to really take this take this passion all the way, you know, like instead of just doing it for fun, I started to really invest in myself and and push further for for something bigger. So what is it you hope to accomplish? What is that bigger? I mean, it it, it changes. Like when it comes to like my interviews, like of course, like I want to continue to, you know, interview bigger artists and better artists. But ultimately, I just want to go down as an interviewer who takes the, a different approach when it comes to, to interviews. I, I want to go down as someone who um, isn't really in it for the clout. He's not in it for, you know, making a moment. I just want people to to look at my art and be like, okay, he really cares about music. You know, he's not just a visitor in the music industry. Like, he, he really loves music and he, he's passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I want people to see that passion that I have. I felt that. Talk about Amira. How the fuck did that happen? What made you decide, hey, I'm going to manage this artist? So, 20, 2021, um, I made a goal list for myself. Um, by the end of the year, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And I was knocking them all down. And one of the ones that I had on there was manage an artist. And I didn't get around to it in 2021. And so, the beginning of this year, I put out a tweet. I was just like, on some random shit, I was just like, it's time for me to start looking for an artist to manage. And I took that and then I posted it on my Instagram story. And that, it just like went crazy. Like 
that was the most views that I ever got on any story that I've ever posted before. And like, it was just people like sharing it, like people who had friends that made music, they were sharing it to them. Like a bunch of people were reaching out to me like, oh, like it, manage me, manage me. And it's like, it was like, it was crazy to think about. Like I wasn't even expecting, you know, a bunch of people to, to hit me up. But um, Amira was somebody who I was already um, in tune with because for the past couple of years, um, I had been listening to her music, and like I said, at the beginning of 2021, I interviewed her, and you know, I think her music was dope, um, and I, I saw the passion in her, and I saw the the potential that she had, and I knew that when it comes to me managing an artist, I didn't want to just pick a random person online. Like I wanted to have like that connection, and I really wanted to believe in the music that you put out, and I wanted you to believe in it as well. So, what have you learned from managing her? I'm still learning, like as I go, like, the different things that go into managing artists, you know, because it's, it's definitely, I'm not going to say it's not hard, but I'm not going to say it's easy either. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Like, you, and that was one of the things that kind of pushed me away from doing it the previous year because I was like, you know, I want to make sure that I give them the attention that they deserve. You know, I don't want to half-ass it. I don't want to come into it and just be like, you know, just like nonchalant about it. I want to give them, you know, the attention that they deserve, but. Um, I think just learning to understanding the fact that, you know, their career is basically in your hands. Like, it's in their hands as well, but, like, you know, the opportunities that they land, like, you're helping them land those. Like, you have to realize that, you know, you're not just a fan anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're pushing them to, to that next level to, to be the, the artist that they want to be. You're the mouthpiece. Exactly. You got to reach out to people. You got to say yes, say no. Like, you know, because that, that's one of the things that I teach her is that um, I want to be there for, you know, the moments that people reach out to her and, like, you know, they want her to perform here or they want to do a collab here. Like, you don't want to have them have too many things on their plate. You know what I'm saying? You want to be able to take certain things off of their plate so they can focus on just creating music you know you don't want them to have to stress about you know oh how am I going to get this done or we're dropping this song like what am I going to do to you know market it like I don't want them to have to stress about you know things like that like that's what I'm there for to to kind of help out and fill in those blanks where you know take some of those things off of your plate so you can focus on putting out the best music possible and then I'll take care of the rest. You keep choosing these analytical jobs, man. You choose the jobs where you got to talk to these people and you got to be smart about how you talk to them because that could be the opportunity that gets thrown away if you don't talk to them right, right? Mm -hmm. What shaped you into this analytical person? I question everything. Why? I don't know. This has always been in me. Like, like my brother, he always, like, me and my brother, like, we talk shit all the time. But, like, he'll ask me, he'll be like, you want to go to this party right quick or something? And I'd be like, who over there? And then he'll be like, he'll say so-and-so. And I'll be like, how long are they going to be there? Like, I, I'll always ask a million uh, too questions. Too far, but too far. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't even want to go no more. Like, you ask too many questions. Like, I do the who's there. I don't do the how long they're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've just always asked, like, a lot of questions. Like, I think just, I think for clarity purposes, like, you know, because I, I watch a lot of interviews and it's like, I see so many questions that get left on the table because they're so focused on like getting that moment or they're like, they just breeze over or they're not paying attention to it. Like 
somebody could get really deep into something and then the interviewer would just be like okay so your new album da 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 and i'm like bro like he left a really good opportunity on the table and you just breeze right over it like i think that that's something that i i pick up on and like i'm always really critical and analytical and i'm like i'm always looking out for those those moments that's why i structure you know certain interviews with those deeper questions like i may only have 15 questions here but it's going to turn into 25 you know if i ask good enough questions do you ever just go back and you're like fuck i missed the question there's certain times where i, I missed the opportunity myself but um yeah sometimes you can't help it but you know it, i'm learning i'm learning as i go along like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm you know a pro at this but i'm learning as i go along. that's the worst I, I, because especially when you got those bigger artists right because they left a big ass question and they don't even know that they left the question right because to them they probably just answered the question and they're like all oh, right whatever especially yeah. when it's a long-winded question like sometimes you only really remember like the last 20 seconds or something that they said and you forget about everything they said before that you know and i don't want to cut them off and like have them lose their train of thought so it's like i let them say what they're gonna say and then you know, if I catch it, if I remember it, then cool, I'll go back to it. But if not, then it's all good. They be hitting a bar right in the middle of the in, right <laughs> in a in the middle in of the a middle three of minute it. fucking answer, right? Yeah. I feel like we could keep going, but that's really gonna be off camera because who the fuck cares about us fucking talking about <laughs> journalist shit for this long? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry it wasn't a roast session up in here. I know, you yeah. know, <laughs> Lily Beats. Yeah. But damn, you know about my producer yeah. career? I know about your roast session career too. All, all the old video on YouTube, yeah. But man, I appreciate you coming through. It was a really dope conversation. I really hope that we can keep doing some work. We're going to tap in for sure. That's going to be all for today. Thank you for watching. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.